Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the D-Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for D-Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. My God, hi. Welcome back to Disney Adult, the podcast where Chicago comedians review Disney properties from the perspective of adults. This week, we are discussing Finding Nemo. I am joined by Maria Kanopkin and Serena Marie, and we really loved this movie. So let's, you know what? I don't even want to waste any more time today. Let's dive right in, shall we? Without further ado, here we go. Serena, how are we today? Good, as good as we can be, <laughs> considering the world and, and stuff. Exactly, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, today we're talking about Finding Nemo, um, which is, uh, I mean, one of the, I would say one of the largest movies, or like, whenever we do this podcast, we could kind of tell which movies are going to be a big deal, and this mm-hmm. one is like a big deal. Uh, Maria, I want to start with you. Where were you when you first watched this movie? Like when it first came out, if you watched it then or if it was another time? I watched it then. It was, I looked it up when it was, came out uh, 20, or 20, wow, 2003. <laughs> oh my God, where am I? 2003, I was in high school. I, I didn't look up the date. So I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school. Okay. Um, in Arizona, and I saw it at the what we call the Purple Theater. I don't know if it's still there anymore because I don't live there, but it was yeah. in Mesa, and I remember going to see it because it was like it must have been summer because it was very hot and there wasn't like much we could do, and um, I didn't have a license, so I think <laughs> I, and the movie theater was in walking distance. I'm really impressed with your your tactile memory of the event like you knew it was hot you know you couldn't walk you know you couldn't drive. um did you so did you like it when you first watched it as uh when you were younger yeah because I thought it was like uh I really like Disney so growing up my grandparents lived um near Disneyland so like four times a year we go to California to see them and maybe like one of those times we go to Disneyland so I really <sighs> like Disney movies I wouldn't call myself a Disney what is it head or a Disney a adult or a Disney, a Disney like adult. freak? No, you can I'm use not the word that. freak. You can use the word freak. I didn't say it. I said <laughs> I said I'll agree with adult. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was probably around. Um, I, I think I was around the same age as as you're saying when I watched this too, and I remember being like really impressed by it because mm-hmm. I mean I think for me from ages of like eleven to probably. 19 or something I was really adverse to watching anything for children I just couldn't it it was too much I just was like I am not a child I am an I'm an adult now um (laughs) but this was one of the ones that snuck through and was like a big deal Mm -hmm. I mean it was like this and Shrek of that time were like yeah these it was like it's actually a movie you can enjoy you guys Um, (laughs) Serena how about you where were you when you first watched this uh, I think that I was legitimately in the same place as Maria. It's not that theater, but definitely Arizona, definitely the summer. Oh, okay. um, but I, I think I, I watched it actually a little bit when it, after it came out. Um, I was also in that teenage rebellion. I am an adult now. I only watch adult movies yeah that you know i'm serious yeah i'm serious (laughs) um but i i nannied a lot so um i snuck that in and we were watching it my excuse was i'm a nanny but yeah i loved it so much (laughs) and and feel free to jump in either of you how did you feel it held up when you rewatched it was it just as good as the first time do you feel um, we'll get into the plot, of course, and we'll dive yeah. deeper. But like from a general perspective, how did you like it now rewatching it? 
this movie's traumatizing now. It's about anxiety. <laughs> yes. Straight up, right? Oh my gosh. Like, so, so much stress. I was like, the front, I was like, we know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's called Finding Nemo, that Nemo's getting lost yeah. immediately. Yeah, but I, I like remembered that, like how it started and how it ended up with Marlon and Nemo by themselves, but like must have forgotten. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, it's about to happen. Oh my God. And it I, wouldn't be a Disney movie if like a parent didn't die, no, right? Yeah. A parent must die. I remember, um, I really, really, it really gives me anxiety in any movie where someone gets lost. I don't know what that is, but like when someone's away, especially like a child or a pet, like an adult, I'm like, call an Uber. What do you want? But right. children and <laughs> children and like animal, when they get lost, I get real true anxiety more so than anything else in a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that one specific thing, but it was anxiety um, inducing. I yeah. think part of that was, you know, the the narrative at the top was Nemo is helpless because his fin yeah. and mm-hmm. everything else. So it really aided that anxious feeling of like oh, being panicked and yeah. Well, let's dive right into the plot because this is it opens uh, and it's juicy. So mm-hmm. we open on Marvin, who is Nemo's dad, and his mom, whose name I don't know if they ever Wait. mentioned. It's Marlon. It's Marlon. 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 Oh, did I say Marvin? It's okay. Oh my it's god. Fine. <laughs> oh, do. Her name's Coral. Her name's Coral. Coral. Okay. Because I was so, like, what a funny name. <laughs> you brought the note takers to your podcast. <laughs> Thank God. Keep me honest, because honestly, every time I do this podcast, it, there will be an episode where I say like, or there will be a moment where I say, um. So then something happens. I can't really remember what it was, but then um, two more people and my guests have to be the one that hosts for me. So thank you both so much for being so prepared because I'm an absolute mess. Um, And this also, on that note, this movie had me a mess because it opens with Marlin Mm -hmm. and Coral who are so adorable. They live in, they're clownfish. So they live in um, one of those things that shocks you. A sea anemone? Anemone, yeah. and they, but their eggs are like kind of like down, and they're all also have like they talk about their like home or their their like apartment condo anemone, where they say like <laughs> it's on the edge of um, it's like essentially on the edge of the coral reef, so it's like the open sea is right out of their window, and mm-hmm. there is some sort of hellish fish that mm-hmm. is like has come to eat all of their babies, and coral as. A protective mom as the hero of the story like goes to save her babies marlin tries to help by like distracting the fish but he's just like knocked out and then both his wife and all like 200 of his children are eaten which had me as an adult watching this movie even still bawling I started crying because I was like, you just lost the love of your life and all your babies who you were going to name Marlon Jr. All of them collectively. (laughs) (laughs) Which when you're having that many kids, give them a general name out the gate and then be like, pick and choose your own adventure. (laughs) You tell me what your name is. You know, why do I have to do all the work? Um, But it was heartbreaking. I couldn't, I was like, oh God, this felt... I guess part of me thought, like, as an adult, it would feel less painful, but it still felt like, oh, God, that is rough. I think because it's, like, real feeling, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, as a kid, you're, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember who I was dating or if I had a dating anybody at that age, but, like, if they break up, it's fine, whatever. But, like, now it's, like, okay, you have a partner. Like, maybe you're, you're thinking of having kids. You have a life. Like, what will happen if, like, I die or Ooh. they die. I don't know what's worse. And then my ch- and then that so that's where my brain went um yeah. for about ten minutes. Like what happened? Yeah, for real. And the violence was like <laughs> the, the it it's done so well too, because you're like the the way they set up like the world building, the things Pixar can do. So as especially as we've been doing this podcast, we started with a lot of Disney movies and now we're in like a little Pixar season. So mm-hmm. The Pixar world building of these movies, they are so talented. The writers of the, like, to build these worlds where you truly, like, the moment the movie starts, you're like, okay, I know where I would be. I know what my fish job would be. I know what my fish apartment would look like. I I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so cool. Uh, Marlon is a clownfish who lives in an anemone. And I know I'm going to mispronounce that, by the way. So I'm just going to get that out of the the way at the top. That's going to be 17 different words by the time we're done with this podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And his uh, wife, Coral, and most of their eggs are killed by a barracuda attack. 
Um, one damage egg remains, and that is Nemo. And he names him Nemo because Coral really liked the name Nemo. Um, mm-hmm. So then years later, we cut to years later, when Marlin is a very overprotective dad of Nemo. He's really, like, sort of scarred by this whole experience. They move further into the coral and it's Nemo's first day of school Marlon embarrasses Nemo because he keeps saying like oh also Nemo has like a tiny little fin that they call which is really cute Um, and they while Marlon is taking Nemo to his teacher he's really nervous he's like I don't know what I want my son to do and the kid is ready to go Nemo is like dad get let me away from you like I'm trying to be a young Nemo is me when I was in high school pretending like I wasn't a child anymore. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. A million percent. <laughs> no, it just reminded me when I was uh, my first day of in, of junior high. So the where junior high was was like a 20 minute walk. And I like 12 years old, I thought I was like, I can walk by myself. <laughs> and my mom decided she needed to walk the dog at that time. So she walked me to the corner of where before I had to cross like a major street. And then the school was like another like 10 minutes or so or something. But like I had to cross this major street. So I literally had to tell her like, I'm okay. I'm fine. And I remember my mom looking so she's like, it's, I don't, she was so upset. And then, oh. and then my dad at the time was like, he was like, kind of it was like part-time working so like all of a sudden when I got out of school my dad was there to pick me up and then or and I was like I'm fine I can walk and he, it just kept, this pattern kept repeating for like four or five days and finally I'm like just drive me it's fine <laughs> but they were both like waiting for me and yeah. like or I yell I didn't yell because how dare I yell at my Yolanda but I was like mom you're fine you can like leave me and then she'd be like, well, I was in the neighborhood. I'm like, I know for sure you're not inside. You? Yeah. No. What are you doing at the school? Yeah. <laughs> like, my school's by my house. You work 30 minutes away. I've been to your office. It's take your daughter to work. I know where it is. Uh, yeah. It was, it, it. I really felt for him because this, I mean, Nemo is like literally just trying to, and he's not even a bad rebellious kid. He's just sort of like, all I want is to make friends and be like a young adult. But, um, oh, and then there's a moment where they like, right. I guess they go on field trips every day, which is like the fucking coolest school. Best school ever. Yeah. Best school in yeah. the, ever. And he says, uh, what is it called? See here. I already go with my memory loss. Um, uh, Marlon embarrasses Nemo into a fight. Marlon, uh, Nemo's teacher. Nemo, te- there's a, a, a name for like where they used to live, the drop off. So, mm-hmm. uh, then Marlon finds out that they're going to the drop-off, and everybody's, like, kind of mad at Marlon for freaking out as much. But I will say, you're taking my son to the site of his mother's murder. Uh-huh. <laughs> One million percent. Like, he's allowed to be, like, traumatized yeah. by, and, and like, be- his only son out of 200. One of yeah. 200. Mm-hmm. And people are like, dude, chill. And he's like, it's literally where his mother was killed yeah. <laughs> one it is dangerous yeah because of our own the murders and two also just like not a fun place to be for nemo <laughs> it's like, called the drop-off <laughs> it's but bonkers. also i i mean i have short-term memory stuff with it too and i just like don't remember like what the purpose was like if it's a school it, it like yeah. uh, let's look at this scary place children yeah like I, I literally don't know i mean every time you see him that little stingray that manta ray or whatever it is just is always taking them somewhere so i guess that's just like the school material i guess for them um there's also a moment <laughs> <laughs> they're on site they're doing experiments in real time um and there's a moment there where i i thought was very funny something i wrote down was because Marlon's a clownfish, people are always trying to tell him to do jokes. Boy, oh boy, did I relate to that moment. Mm-hmm. Of just random people being like, you're funny, right? Why don't you tell me a joke? And Marlon's <laughs> like, I, that's not sort of what I do. I just am a clownfish. This is just <laughs> how I look. And yeah. Ugh. Especially like if you say, oh, I do improv. They're like, oh, just improvise just a joke. Do an improv yes. for me. Oh, yes. God. Oh, and, God. It, oh, and if anybody's listening who doesn't, do improv the telltale sign for someone who's going to be that person is if they use the word skit oh, i don't yeah. know what that is i don't know where that memo is coming from 
the only times I've ever heard that word is when it was somebody being like, tell me about one of your skits. You know, Devin does skits. When he's not here, he's <laughs> overdoing skits. Do one of your skits for us. I'm like, how does everybody know that word? Um, that was uh, like when I post something online, like a video or something, or just like whatever. And, I, and I, I'm like, oh, this is something I want fill in the blank to listen to or, or, yeah. or watch. And they're like, oh, you're like kind of good at this. I'm like, do you think I just left home yeah <laughs> do you think i've not think been I'm studying this <laughs> i'm like do you think i'm just like chilling and they're like well we see, we see you do like show posters but like we never get to see the show and i'm like there's a plane <laughs> also even people who live in this like i have co-workers who for years were always like we're coming to your show. We're coming to your mm -hmm. show. And when you do comedy, you just understand that that means absolutely nothing. That's just them yeah. trying to be a nice person. Um, and then when the pandemic happened, everybody's like, I can't wait for the pandemic to stop so you can come see my shows. I'm like, what if they were to never happen again? Huh? And yeah. then if it does, I'm going to go to every single one of your houses. <laughs> and I'm going to wait out there. And I'm going to remind you on a daily basis. That's going to be my morning walk. <laughs> You're like, this is from my show on April 2017 that you missed. <laughs> and all the references don't make any more sen any sense anymore because nobody knows yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, um, so whenever they're out at the drop-off, uh, the kids are sort of daring, but like not in a... It, I really like that they weren't overly like tropey rebellious. They were just kind of like, yeah, we're having fun at the drop-off doing something mm -hmm. a little. And... Um, Marlon comes, he sees that Nemo is like about to, not even about to swim off. Nemo's literally being like, I don't think my dad would be cool with this. And he comes out and he's freaking out a little bit. And because Nemo gets so frustrated, he swims out to the butt uh, mm -hmm. to touch the butt. And then he is immediately nabbed by um, scuba fishers or like scuba divers. Isn't one of the dentists? Yeah, it is the dentist that we meet later. But I was like, is this a, like, I don't think you can just, and maybe you can because Australia is wild, but I don't think you can just go to the coral reef and like take the fish. Right, like <laughs> scoop them up and like, <laughs> what? Like they're filled with like mason jars filled with fish from their scuba diving exploration. I was like, you can't just take him. Hi, yeah, like customs gets mad when you send, like when you carry over like cheeses or like yeah. weird foods, <laughs> like <laughs> living creature I, I studied abroad in Australia and like to get into the country they're like here's all the stuff you can't bring and one of them was like Advil so Whoa. yeah I mean it might have changed but like it was like the certain things because like they want to preserve everything that was like yeah. their main takeaway and so yeah I think taking a fish from the coral reef <laughs> it was uh, bonkers also, but also people just don't pay attention. Don't follow rules. Oh, yeah. Nobody can. I mean, I've and why is it that, like, big game hunters are always dentists? Why yeah, is what is that? that Venn diagram? Like, I don't. Why, um, I, I feel like every time there's, like, a major, like, a tragic uh, hunting thing where, like, somebody is killed an endangered thing, they do the backlogs, and it's always, like, some rich dentist. Or it's some um, owner of a like a food place like uh, Jimmy John's oh, Jimmy or like Papa yeah. John's like oh god the, yeah gross yeah maybe Rich they just like disgusting things oh yeah I, guess. Uh, I mean the other thing is like how do you have I mean I'm sure my dentist is well off I don't think he has enough money to like go to Africa and kill an endangered species I mean maybe uh. I'm wrong maybe I don't know enough about I don't know how much dentists make. Yeah, or if they have like weird dental side hustle or something. Just kidding. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> taking, taking teeth out <laughs> in alleys and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, one time I went to, this was a years ago, I went to this dentist and you know how they like check, check your gums and stuff? Mm -hmm. They're like naming numbers and they're naming them pretty high. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so they're like, oh, you should get this like, type of treatment and it's going to cost like two thousand dollars out of pocket like your insurance is oh like God. your cosmetic and i was like uh we'll see like i'm in college i'm like i don't I have to leave so i went to go talk to my mom and she's like oh no they're scamming you because if you were supposed to be like if you had this bad of gums your teeth would be falling out so maybe yeah. it's a whoa that has to be for two thousand dollars you better give me a new face like right. i better come out looking like the hottest person you've ever seen. And also, I want, like, a car. 
$2,000, that's insane. Ugh. Oh, these Santas might be scamming. I know. And they're make, using all that money to go kill animals who run their own business in Australia. See? If you're a dentist listening to this show. Uh... <laughs> I need to interview <gasps> we you are about on your to crimes. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on to you. Uh, so uh, Nemo gets like kidnapped, essentially. So we are introduced to two storylines here. We are introduced to... Um, you know, Nemo's sort of storyline whenever he's in the tank with the other fish and mm-hmm. Marlin, who's trying to find Nemo and meets Dory, who's a blue tang who suffers from acute short-term memory loss. Uh, what were our feelings when we met Dory again? I love her. I what an do. angel. I do. Yeah. Um, but... I think... Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> And I remember I had the scene like, oh my God, I love Dory. Cause I remember watching it. I was like, Dory's my favorite. We love Dory. We stand Dory. Mm-hmm. But watching it now, you're like, Ellen. Yeah. So here's oh. the I have a question. And this is why I'm a hundred years old. What's going on with Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at first I heard was she's like an asshole. That's what I heard first, is that she kind of just sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, which at first, then I was like, at first a part of me was like, well, uh, dudes in the industry suck all the time. Nobody's ever talking about them. Like, why can't a lady suck? Who cares? She, if she were a man, anything. But then ever, everybody's been like, no, 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 Devin, there's more. There's more information. There's more to the story. And then I say, what is more to the story? And then they're like, I don't know what it is, but it's more serious than that. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on with Ellen? She had a toxic work environment and like oh. knew about it and basically like, let people like now i sound 100 years run amok uh, <laughs> run amok so she has said okay okay yeah that yeah, is yeah when you're the so when you're like brand is the queen of nice even though that wasn't but she did a mm-hmm. lot of things and then you're not nice like mm-hmm. i think people tend to like you yeah. know, not not to like go like in hard on ellen either well, absolutely drag her <laughs> but i will say that like kind of what happened to ellen is super common with what happens to a lot of people like who become affluent and rich yeah. and like participate mm-hmm. in capitalist society like they like she is able to ignore things because they don't affect her mm-hmm. and oh, yeah right and so when she was to- eating those hot dogs with george w bush at that baseball game that's when i yes. tapped out yeah. Um, but yeah, a million percent. And, and so, right. And to be like uh, saying, like using your brand as somebody who is very politically and socially conscious, I think um, we hold those influencers and those like notable people to a higher standard because we want to believe in them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's maybe why she's getting more of a backlash than say like somebody who is equally terrible but it has been terrible this entire time. James Corden. Thank you so yeah, much. Yes. <laughs> I, Indeed. I didn't know he was this bad until like people told me he was. I was like, oh, he seems nice. And then people are like, oh, James. See, I that's just the thing. learned about it. I, yeah. do, once again, so old, I don't know anything other than I personally can tell something's up. Yeah. I can, he is, Ellen fooled me. Ellen, if you were to tell me two years ago before all this broke that, like, actually Ellen has a toxic work environment and she's looked past a lot of it, I would have been like, get out of here. There's the Ellen, she is vegan. Um, <laughs> but James Corden, if you were to tell me tomorrow, like, oh, he sneezed and didn't cover his mouth, I'd be like, jail for life. Jail. To jail. <laughs> to jail. There's something about him uh, is... With him- have you seen these videos and this is going to date whenever we've recorded this versus when it came out have you seen these videos of him dressed in a rat as a rat that's what i was just gonna say him hip thrusting at that car i was like excuse me sir sir stop that right now (laughs) you're like why stop this now no yeah i i yeah i liked him and like whenever he hosted when he did the tonys one year and then, uh, you know, his car pro karaoke. But I was like, mm-hmm. when I started hearing stuff, I was like, I don't trust people, I guess. You can't trust anybody. No. Or do what I sometimes do, which is like fully, fully trust them. And then the moment somebody reveals something, I flip a switch immediately. I'm like, dead to me forever. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so anyway, we have two 
Um, en- enough about James Corden. We, <laughs> <laughs> which is, by the way, this is the third podcast I've talked shit on James Corden, and the the other two weren't even mine. They were I was a guest somewhere, and I was like, <laughs> can I take some time to talk about James Corden? Between James Corden and Danity Kane, I can disrupt any podcast with information that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, uh, that's why I'm with Fast and Furious. Uh, do you? Okay, we do have to take a moment, and we are leaving this in. Uh, <laughs> Is Fast and Furious worth the yeah. the ride? It's worth it. What yeah. is your favorite? My favorite is Fast Five. So here's the thing. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm here for this. Fast, fast One is like they they literally like if you saw Point Break, it's Fast One with cars, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're like, okay, we're setting up the world, and then Fast Two is like wait so this guy that was a cop is now on the run but like the fbi needs him for miami and that's where like tyrese and Ludacris come in okay like let's go to tokyo where we bring none of the people back but then someone (laughs) comes back and also one of the characters who's in the show or, or like in the movie for like 10 minutes we're gonna change our whole timeline because of him which not spoil anything but once you know then you know then you'll know. Then four, they're like, oh, we should bring back the original people, F. Tyrese and Ludacris. Great. And then five, they bring everyone and then some back, and that's when they become superheroes. And the rest is a superhero saga. <laughs> this is the best. I want to watch all of these now. So this is a new podcast. To, <laughs> we tried to watch the first one just literally two days ago or something, like maybe last week. And mm-hmm. there's and correct me if I'm wrong, Maria, it gets off to like a little bit of a rocky start, like a little bit yeah. of a well, Maybe watch five. Five okay. is the best one. And you, there'll be stuff missing, like context, but like you'll figure it out. I can, yeah. I mean, we'll power through them. The thing that's always confusing to me about them is the titles that they use. Yeah. It's <laughs> too fast, too furious. <laughs> that makes sense. Too fast, too furious. And then the third one is Tokyo Drift. I'm like, which okay, is that my makes, favorite one. That makes sense. And then, then it gets back to like, I hate when sequels just like add a the in front of it or remove the the, because then mm-hmm. I just will add and remove thes all the time. So I never know what I'm talking about. But right. it sounds like it's worth the adventure. It is because four they kind of start getting the joke. Five they get the joke plus some. And then- <laughs> realize like people like I don't I can't drive really I have a license though so I I can I guess but like and I don't really like cars but like it's just very fun and just like it's like an enjoyable movie they know what they are and like when you know that that's when you're like great which is why like Pixar works because Pixar knows okay we need an emotional story and solid characters and they have to be colorful like there's studies done that toys that are more colorful are like better for children that's why all the actors have color now you've convinced me I'm going to watch. I'm going to keep, I will be messaging you on Instagram as we go through to be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling and this is where I'm invested. Um, yeah. But enough about the Fast and the Furious. Let's get back. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> so we meet Dory. Dory's really, really cool. Uh, she has short-term memory loss. One of the things I liked about this is that she never, I mean, she slowly gets a little bit better, but it makes sense when she does. Like the things she's mm-hmm. remembering are because they've, they're no longer short term. He, she's been with Marlon for like what feels like three days, so she would mm-hmm. know Marlon because he's been right. there for three days. Um, but they do a good job of like never letting go, and it is for Ellen, who is great a story. It is uh, a never ending bit. It's just like a bit that keeps on giving. Yes, it's so good. Um, at one point, they meet these sharks who are. Or like reform sharks they're trying not to eat anymore but then i was the whole time i was like well what are they eating they're staying alive and i was thinking carnivorous. i was like what do you eat then like yeah, if it's not fish what do you Ugh. um but then they start to catch some clues like they find one of the the sets of goggles from one of the divers and then uh we realize that dory can read um mm-hmm. 42 wallaby way sydney which is a classic line it's like burned into all of our memories right. um they start heading that way and the whole throughout the whole journey one of the things that was really interesting because i do think that this is ultimately a story especially this and the sequel are ultimately stories about disability because the whole movie is going through whether it's dory or nemo 
it's really hammering home that they are cap- they are just as capable as the individuals who continue to doubt them, and it's proven time and time again. Um, like whenever they are supposed to go through the deep trench and he doesn't listen to Dory, even though she insists, like, I know this is true, you're supposed to trust me. And then they end up being in like a forest of jellyfish. Yeah, um, and it stung. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was also stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then meanwhile, Nemo is in this tank and he's meeting all of these wonderful characters, which by the way, if you've ever seen me do improv, I am nothing but a Rolodex of like sidekick characters in children's <laughs> movies. That's my brand. Like wild voices, insane backstories. Like there, we meet this guy who I loved named Gil, who has a scar from like the tip of his, uh, I guess nose. Do fish have yeah. noses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scar right. from the tip of his nose, the whole way back. And it like kind of like funkied up his fin that he got from like sailing out of the tank and landing on dental tools which is a perfect backstory i don't need to know anything else i would watch a whole series of just the tank the things happening in the tank i'm surprised there isn't one well i guess it was 2003 so like i know but they just started well i guess yeah i mean they started like some monsters inc series on disney plus which made me now ever since i knew that every time we do it Pixar movie. I'm like, here's what the side characters should be for that. Like, they should do a mini series here. But um, yeah. I would watch that tank. They were also fun. That little French, uh, like, oh, uh, yes, or shrimp, shrimp. Oh, so funny. I mean, he has like a desire to clean. Oh my god, um, that's where all my favorite parts were. The yellowfish. I was like, oh, the yellowfish reminds me of Serena because she goes like. Oh. That's fair. Yes, I love shiny things and uh, basically a magpie, but a person. And then I was like, well, I mean, else do the other characters remind me of? And then I was like, well, let me assign all the girls in Matt Damon. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Who did you assign? So for listeners, Matt Damon is a legendary improv troupe in Chicago. Do you have a list? I saw you pull up. Oh my God, yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't, some of them, I don't know their names. So Turtle Man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Tina. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, I put Felicia as Dory because everyone loves Felicia. Uh, Yeah. Then I put um, Angela as Gil. Okay. No, I feel like that. Yasmin would be uh, Darla. (laughs) Oh my god! I was like, who's that? Oh my god. Uh, the girl with the braces. Yeah. I was expecting all this shit. I don't know. I put her as the seagull, but then I was like, no, I think I think I wore the seagull, but then Alice seemed to be the seagull. But then I was then I was like, no, she's done. <laughs> <laughs> Love you were so darling. I put myself as the starfish. Oh, oh, I just like looking that for out. You. Yeah. Just I looking like that out. for you. Yeah. And then Allison put as the sharks because I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Allison is the sharks, all of them. All of them. I, I just <laughs> with names. I I know, just, like, uh, one of them was named, I wrote it. Oh, Brucey. Bruce? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They go, yeah, yeah. Brucey. Speaking then, of, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And then the last one, I put Anna as Marlon. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Those are pretty accurate from what I know. <laughs> there was a moment, speaking of the starfish and the fish in the tank, I loved the bit of them watching uh, the dentist enough to know yeah. everything. I thought that was so smart. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, another bit that could work in this Disney Plus show that I'm going to write. Um, right. Although they end up in the bags at the end of the movie. Yeah. And also, I loved the, um, the pelican who just like shows up in the window. Like, dentist, yeah. close the window. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where are you to, like, letting pelicans in your dental office? <laughs> like... I was like, is Australia like this? <laughs> I know that you can, like, find spiders in your house that can kill you in Australia. But I was like, I didn't think you a seagull would just be flying into your dentist's office. But then again, that's the outback, baby. <laughs> Anything <laughs> I, could kill you there. We lived there. Um, we saw oh, these yeah. ants. In mm-hmm. our 
cupboard like there was like a bunch of ants so we told her landlord we're like hey there's a bunch of ants like all our stuff's closed but like there's ants she's like okay uh but there's ants they'll help yeah, yeah. i was nervous you were gonna say your landlord said like you have to run yeah <laughs> those like, ants are poison like, yeah, don't kill you <laughs> i mean i was terrified they were because like of course like reading up on stuff and they're like don't touch this or like we went camping one time and they're and the camp ranger came to the, everyone's tent to tell them that there was like this really poisonous snake nearby and then showed us the snake i'm like why are we walking towards this snake like, <laughs> so i think he just wanted to show us the snake Don't want to talk about the weather or the pandemic? Me either. No Wrong Answers, Non-Burning Questions to Kickstart Conversations is a conversation card game where you can ask life's least pressing but most important questions. Why talk about vaccine rates when you could debate questions like which cereal mascot would be the best kisser? Or you own a boutique candle shop. What is your least popular scent? These are the burning questions you should be asking. This card game is created by two of my friends, my personal friends, Paula Skaggs and Josh Linden. Yes, I have friends talented enough to create a card game. And if you love me, you love them and you'll love this game. No Wrong Answers is a deck of 70-plus conversation starters that you'll come back to and debate over and over again. This is great for dinner parties. It's great for Zoom happy hours, first dates, classrooms, prison visits, fast food drive throughs It literally, there's no place that these conversation starters won't work. Holidays are right around the corner somehow. And this would make a great gift. It would make a great thing to put out on the table to, you know, generate conversation between you and your family. You know how hard it is to catch up after you haven't seen each other in the year. What are you going to talk about? The fact that you share blood? No. You're going to reach for one of these cards and you're going to get the conversation started. And if it doesn't get better than that, a portion of the proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. I mean, come on on. Listeners can use the code TRIDENT for 10% off of their purchase. Go to NoWrongAnswersGame.com. Once again, NoWrongAnswersGame.com. And use TRIDENT for 10% off your purchase. I mean, come on, y'all. This is fun talk and <laughs> not small talk. I have a question. So did growing up in Arizona prepare you to live in Australia because because <laughs> uh, I do have friends who have who friends who are from Arizona as well but also friends who have moved to Arizona from like where and they my friend who moved to Arizona the moment they moved into their house there were two snakes inside of their house in Arizona yeah okay <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> okay, that is that to me gives me heart palpitations. That makes me wanna gives me a flop sweat. Like, yeah, I'm not too scared of snakes per se or scorpions because you kind of like growing get up. Used to them. But like, uh, I was walking on like the lakefront path and um, I saw a raccoon and I was like, no, we have to. The raccoon now lives here. I have to go somewhere. Else. <laughs> oh no! It like chased you away. Yeah, it didn't. But I felt like I was walking towards its home, which, mind you, is the mm -hmm. whole front. But I was like, oh. Yeah, I feel that way about geese. I think geese are mean birds. Geese are mean birds. And you are correct. I grew up in, like, the mountains of Pennsylvania. So, mm -hmm. so I have, like, a high tolerance for fear around things like bears and stuff. Oh like, things that you should really run from. No. Um, bears and deer. I remember going to the Pittsburgh Zoo once and it was you could really tell who who the kids who were visiting from the city and the kids who were visiting from like the more rural areas because the kids who were visiting from the city truly were fascinated by the deer because they're beautiful but like when you grew up in the mountains of Pennsylvania you're like you almost hit a deer every single day when you go home from work so it's nothing to you but they were like truly it was my first time being like oh my god where you grow up regionally really gives you a different perspective on the animals there mm -hmm. so I mean like if you grew up in Australia you must be afraid of nothing because <laughs> those animals there are fit to that's like the mortal combat of animals yeah, it's like all these animals. Oh, I remember I saw my first deer like close up like a year ago. 
and I was in a car and I was with uh, my boyfriend and I was like, Wes, there's a deer. And I like hit him across the chest. (laughs) Okay. And I'm like, we have, what do we do? They're like, let them walk. And I was like, what if they come to the car? They won't. And I was like terrified of the deer. Like, yeah, I should have more fear. I think like I would be like, hello, dear. I am a Disney princess. Let, let me befriend you, dear. Like, let me befriend you, raccoon. You have a cardinal sitting in your finger. Yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as the movie progresses, we, we start to fall more in love with Dorian and Marlin. They go through a few things. So, like, stop me if any of these things you had any revelations on or you thought were interesting. Um, they have the moment of, like, the, the um, jellyfish forest. Um, which was kind of cool. They have a moment where they go super, super deep down into the ocean and they meet an anglerfish. Mm-hmm. Um, also very terrifying. Uh, they have a moment where they meet all the... the um, directly after they go through the jellyfish, then they're picked up by some sea turtles. And sea turtles are really cool and they essentially take them the rest of the way to Australia. Um and I really, really liked their journey because by the end, you really feel like Dory has proved herself as like mm-hmm. somebody you can, just because she has short-term memory loss doesn't mean you can't trust that she's going to know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, like the turtles told their story. Yeah. Yeah. And the turtles, were, by the way, there were so many, when this movie came out, this movie was such a banger hit that like those sea turtles were celebrities. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? The turtles and those seagulls, the mine seagulls, mm-hmm. were everywhere. Yeah. I I wonder if, like, kids... I mean, I wouldn't even know what the... I mean, I guess Frozen, but, like, when we were there, I couldn't believe... They were, like, the minions of, of yes. the, those two years. They were everywhere. So many plushes, so many products, right? Like at the Disney store. Yes. They had makeup lines. They yeah. had mm-hmm. a palette collab. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I will say. <laughs> By the way, a Finding Nemo makeup palette would be. Think about the colors in this movie. That would be a good makeup palette. That one. Oh my gosh, like the beautiful like blues and oranges. Oh. Uh, ooh, like the jellyfish pink, like a pink pastel. Oh. Let's design this. What are you guys doing right now? <laughs> yeah. A half pan of white and black for Gil and named Gil. Ooh, yes. I mean. Perfect. Come on. Oh. Um, it's interesting that you said um, earlier that the, the movie was about uh, disability because I, I, I believe that as well. The... Um, in it, I found myself thinking about how Marlon is such an analogy for anxiety and for control, right? Mm-hmm. And Dory uh, is such a good foil because she has no choice at all yeah. but to live in the moment. Yeah. Oh. Right? Yeah. That blew my mind a little bit just now. <laughs> <laughs> that made my mouth dry up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But you're 100% right because all... I mean, Marlon is so stuck in what horrible thing could mm-hmm. happen next. Whereas Dory is, to your point, literally, she has no choice but to trust what is happening mm-hmm. at this current moment. Wow. Wow, Nini. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then let's cut back to... Um, so. They essentially make their way to Sydney, and then eventually Nemo does make it out of the tank. He has a couple times where he's tried, and he gets really scared when he, uh, the first time they almost kill him in that that uh, filter. Uh, oh, also very scary. Oh very my gosh, scary. I was like, the shrimp could have fit in that thing. I was thinking, I'm like, why is he by himself? <laughs> Uh, also, a moment I wrote down, and in full disclosure, I did take a gummy before I watched this movie, um, because I did write down in my notes I'm just seeing now, Gil, the fish, is such a good actor. <laughs> yes, Gil. <laughs> there was a moment where Gil, like, they animate him to realize what he has done to Nemo, and I don't uh-huh. know if it was the marijuana or if it was the way they animated him. I really felt that that fish knew he had crossed the line. Well, he's the leader, right? So if he's the leader of this group, like he has to take that responsibility. And like knowing that you've used your power wrong, like you yeah. put like a child in danger. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Let's talk about Darla for a moment. <laughs> who, 
whose kid is this? Oh my god. Yeah, who are her parents? Because something needs to happen. Someone needs to talk to somebody about how this kid can get a little bit more. Somebody needs to give this kid more attention or less attention. I don't know <laughs> what it is. She's killing fish left and right. She's shaking them. She's pounding on the glass. And, every, and this is another part. I mean, I'm not a fan of children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, and one of the reasons is, is all of Darla's behavior. Or like when kids are truly running rampant and sometimes parents do this thing in my experience where they just sort of assume everybody's down to watch their kids for them. Like amongst company that you know, 100%. In the dentist's office, when you have a knife in my mouth, Mm -hmm. I don't think so. (laughs) No. Like sometimes the children, like they obviously like make them more crazy when they, when in the movies, but like, I was like, my mom would never let me do any of this stuff. And like, under no circumstances. No. And like, having no like idea of what consequences are, or like knowing that like your your actions can hurt people. I think that that's such an important part of parenting, right? Just being like, hey, don't be mean to to little Billy over there. It hurts his feelings. Yeah. And like, she didn't have that training. Not only that, it must be the whole family because the dentist yeah. who's stealing fish from the uh, oh, girl, he's yeah. like, isn't she great? What a hoot. I'm like, she's killing things in there. No. Go get her. Go get her. Also Give the her one- some of the laughing gas. Her <laughs> ass down. <laughs> one picture you have is her with a dead fish. Like, <laughs> And then you're getting her more fish. <laughs> right. So it's like, is this. Is it like a Dexter situation where like the dad is like, I'm trying to teach you this code, but like she keeps messing up the code by killing the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. So uh, the seagull brings Dory and Marlin and they sort of like, uh, they have a moment where they, you know, they see that Nemo is playing dead, but they think he's really dead. So they take him back to the Uh ocean and uh, Marlin and Dory both Marlon essentially says, Dory, I'm so distressed. We can't be family. Um, And Dory is really, this broke my heart. This scene and the scene where she's like circling that buoy and is really confused. Mm -hmm. That was hard to watch. That was like distressing for me. Yeah. It reminded me. So like my grandma, I do remember a little bit, like at the time my grandma's Alzheimer's was just starting to bad at the time the movie came out so I had that I had never had that memory since seeing the movie and then every time I've seen it since I'll get that memory back but like in watching this and realizing all the other trauma I was like oh my god (laughs) yeah I am but the time we're living in that I'm just like (laughs) why I don't mean to laugh I have a horrible track record of inviting uh, members of Matt Damon Improv onto this podcast for them to say this movie has a very specific trauma-inducing trigger for me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's been literally on the podcast said, oh, oh this yeah. was very difficult for me to watch because of my history with my dad. And I was like, okay, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm so cool, glad cool, I asked cool, you to cool. watch this. I am so, so sorry that I put you through this nightmare. I do remember Get- listening to that. <laughs> and it is, distra- I mean, and they don't, they don't pull any punches. It is mm-hmm. distressing to see her so confused. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, but, I think uh, there's this fear, you know, of getting older too, right? Mm-hmm. And and having that memory loss. Like, um, so I have ADHD, uh, which is, yeah, pretty, <laughs> probably apparent. <laughs> no, not at all. But I'm just calling, I'm like, okay. Tight, tight, tight. Another person yeah. who. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we are. We out there. <laughs> um, and like, you know, sometimes there's things with like my memory that isn't great. Like I'll... Um, I'll lose my phone or I'll lose um, just anything or I'll forget like full conversations I've had with people Ooh. and like, I'd have to be reminded again. And, and there's a part of it that's like, oh man, like, why can't I just do better? Yeah. And you know, uh, and that's probably what like, I imagine Dory feels like at some times and I, I, I could just do better, but it's like, yeah. that's just how your brain works, babe. Like, it's okay. It's like- yeah, it's okay. And, and I mean, like, they really don't pull in. I was sitting on the couch being like, this is so much. And I'm an adult man. Mm-hmm. How the hell is a child supposed to grapple with? Ugh. No, so, 
do though like i don't think they recognize that they're just like oh dory's lost because mm-hmm. you don't have like i feel like with some of this stuff we have like something to pull from or that mm-hmm. memory so it's like you know like this happens or something like it reminds us of this and a kid usually doesn't have that they're just like oh dory's lost we need to mm-hmm. help her I think that's what Pixar does really, really well, right? Like across all of their films, they have such great like um, rewatchability for like the adults in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think about Up and how I can't get through that beginning without crying my entire face off and thinking about it also makes me cry. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's just like you said earlier, Maria, like enough colors and enough... um, action and, and interesting shapes to really hold that attention to really create like a, a loved experience while the adults in the room are basically devastated or dealing with the gravity of trauma yeah traumatized <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Toy, toy story 3 i am still upset oh. that to- that scene in toy story 3 can ruin a month for me it yeah. can ruin a good point it is so well done and so heartbreaking oh um well Speaking of heartbreaking, this movie, <laughs> um, it wraps up in the best way. They they end up connecting. Uh, Nemo finds his way out of the dentist's office and meets Dory. Dory takes him to Marlin. They get uh, essentially scooped up by these fishermen, and they um, sort of conduct this whole rebellion of the like all the fish to swim to the bottom, and they break off the thing, and then they go on to live happily ever after, where Dory is with them now, and mm-hmm. it is... Um, a great ending um yeah i so, love that the last line of it was just by son that was it oh it was like, so good i mean yeah. this movie is so well done it's a banger do you as and we always ask this question at the end of the podcast do, so as a as an adult do you think this movie holds up for adults to watch or do you think it should be reserved just for kids oh it holds up yeah i i think it absolutely holds up like it's, it's such an emotionally rich experience, but also it's funny. Like there's like a lot of like moments of like, I don't know, little cringy Disney jokes. Oh. And I'm like, yes, yes. Give me it, more of the bubbles. Like, even, like phenomenal sustained bits. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. The, the, my, one of my favorite bits was that shrimp wanting to clean. And when they're trying to dirty the tank, well, first oh, of all, they're like, yeah. they're like uh, I think his name was Jacques. Like, yes, Jacques, but- do not clean. And he goes, I shall resist. And then <laughs> they cut to like his the imprint of his face. I guess he like sucks up dirt or something. I don't know how shrimp work. Um, it was just so good. I mean, the whole movie is so good. Yeah, it was so fun. I, it does hold up. Like very few Pixar movies don't hold up. I feel. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. There is a uh, tangible quality difference between not that the '90s Disney movies are not good, mm-hmm. but. To your earlier point, Serena, like Pixar is making a movie for the adults in the room that the kids can be lured into. To yeah. also to your point, Maria, with the colors and with the 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 everything's in your face and it's so bright and shiny. Um, but when compared to after doing a whole season of like just the Disney, the regular Disney ones, it's very some of them. A lot of them are tropey. They're like more one dimensional. They're more geared towards kids. These Pixar movies are lighting the house on fire they're unbelievable mm-hmm. so we do have uh we do like to do a couple things Ooh, and i didn't prepare them um Uh-oh. did you notice any easter eggs in this uh movie um pixar is notorious for having easter eggs from its other films like little nods to things um was there anything that you noticed watching this re-watching this as adult that stuck out to you um, the only one I noticed it wasn't a Pixar was when the shark goes here's Brucey because like <laughs> like the Jack Nicholson thing. Yeah, uh, um, I'm sure there's other. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't recall. Yeah. So there are a couple. Um, okay. There is whenever they have that sequence where they're like talking about how they're going to get out and you're going to be put in a bag and then you're going to roll down and roll across the street. The car that zooms by is the Pizza Planet truck. Um, <gasps> I forgot it. <laughs> It Plus. Is, yeah. Uh, there's also in the um, waiting room with all the kids' toys, you see a Buzz Lightyear on the ground. I clocked that okay. one. But other than that, I didn't notice any other ones. Okay, there are a couple listed. If you watch the whole way through the um, the credits, you'll see Mike Wazowski like, snorkeling. 
<laughs> but that's the whole way at the special thanks. I, I'm not sitting through that. Ryan, is that the movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe they started putting more Easter eggs as in later years because, oh, like, yeah. they had more to do. Because I remember, like, now I can't remember what movie, but there's like the Finding Nemo doll. There was there was like more noticeable ones. Oh yeah, and I'm then some to... of them will just for whatever reason not have any. Like it will be like these kind of have one, these kind of, blah, blah, blah. and then they mm-hmm. were just like I think Incredibles was one where there was like absolutely no Easter eggs for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the the Pixar timeline a little bit. Like, so Finding Nemo came out, but like. Right before that, that was Monsters, Inc. And then before that was Toy Story. Is that it? Or mm-hmm. uh, it, Toy Story, Bugs Life. Bugs Story Life. Two. Okay. Monsters, mm-hmm. Inc. Finding Nemo. Oh, so it's pretty soon, early. Pretty early in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, all right. So then last but not least, my favorite part of the podcast, we have, we ask a questionnaire of how Disney is it. Now, this started at the beginning. These questions have evolved every time. Most times they vary from episode to episode because we just choose which ones make the most sense. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of continuity on this podcast. Uh, but these questions can have easy-peasy answers. They can have answers we discuss. They can have things we disagree on. So no pressure to have anything right here. <laughs> uh, so one, who's the real hero of this story? Ooh, it's Marlon. I mean, Marlon is, he's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's Marlon too. I i would say that, yeah, it's, even though it's Finding Nemo, like, yeah. um, but Nemo has you... a strong coming of age story. Is it a doggy? My dog has decided to take this moment to lose his mind. Kirby. Kirby. Oh. Go lay down. He did. Right. I'm so sorry, Serena. I cut you off. What were you saying? (laughs) No worries. Um, I I was saying that I think I think that the main character is is Marlon because the story begins and ends with him. Mm -hmm. But Nemo has a really nice like coming of age like arc. Next question is who in this movie has hot dad energy? Oh, no. (laughs) This is a very valid question. I will say Gil. Gil does have hot dad energy. Yeah, you don't have to be a dad to have hot dad energy. No, not at all. And that, thank you for pointing that out. It yeah. truly can be genderless because mm-hmm. anybody can have hot dad energy. I think the turtle, <laughs> stoner dad energy. <laughs> the turtle yeah. also does have hot dad energy. Um, I just liked him with like. Hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> he he definitely does. Um, I would also say Gail or the turtle, both good. Um, or um, maybe this says something about me. Maybe even Bruce, the shark that also might oh. be out for blood. I don't know. Um, who has narc energy in this film? I will. I would say the dentist has narc energy to me. Oh yeah. He seems 100%. like the type of person who would like commit white collar crimes all the time, but then like call someone, call mm-hmm. the cops on someone for loitering. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah yeah. yeah. Especially he like steals trash. fish from the ocean. He steals fish. He lets his niece terrorize people at his business. Mm-hmm. Oof. So yeah, I think agreed. Hard agree on that choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you were going to recast this movie, or okay, of all the characters in this movie, who is the Rosie O'Donnell? Meaning, who could easily uh. be replaced with Rosie O'Donnell in this movie? Oh, okay. I was replacing Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) I mean, my my go to answer is uh, Dory, but I feel like that's an easy out because it's another female comedian from that time. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's how I feel too. So it would have been interesting to hear Marlon as Dory. Yeah, Mm -hmm. or as Rosie. That would be a great choice. Mar, she would make a great Marlon. Yeah, she'd also make a great dentist. If I'm being honest, <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> she, she'd be make a much more likable dentist. <laughs> yeah, this has a bunch of koosh balls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Rosie O'Donnell show. So Rosie, Rosie is great. And the other question that we ask in tandem with that is, who would be the Danny DeVito, and to me, that's Gil. Gil could be the Danny yeah. DeVito. 
Mm-hmm. Or Bruce. I think it would also be very funny to have that huge shark be voiced by Danny DeVito. I was going to say, I would think Bruce. Yeah. Just like frenetic energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, And go ahead. Oh, no. I said, or the dentist. That's all. I mean, the dentist can be replaced. I think we're just eager to replace the dentist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Replace it with James Corden. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then last but not least, um, the last question I'd like to ask is, is there a quote from this movie or what quote from this movie would you get as a lower back tattoo? Just keep swimming. Just Maria. keep swimming. There it is. <laughs> no joke. Did not know this was a question. I was like, I need to get just keep swimming on my arm. That is okay. so perfect. <laughs> That's it. That's the quote. That's the quote. That's the quote. Oh, yeah. We'll no, get matching tattoos, special. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back. Just keep yeah. swimming. Oh, God. <laughs> We can't ever see it because it's on our back, but we know it's there. (laughs) Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is thetridentnetwork.com. And also, don't forget to follow Disney Adult on Instagram at at disney.adult.podcast.